Now, you're in the WOR Sports Zone. Filling in for Pete, here's Sal Licata. Day number three already of the fifth annual All-Star break with Sal Licata here on OR. Filling in for Pete, obviously he's off with the Mets off. Coverage resumes Friday, 6.05, Mets at the Yankees. So even though it's a lost second half for the New York Mets, at least you have the Subway Series come out of the gate. Then it will be all about the trades. We'll get much more into the trades and everything happening that or that has happened, that will happen moving forward. With the Daily News, John Harper is longtime baseball columnist there. We'll do both Mets and Yankees. He'll be in studio with me from 7 till 8. Don't forget, OR knows, hasn't been easy as a Mets fan so far this year, all this week. So today and tomorrow now remaining, loyal Mets fans being rewarded. Mets free t-shirt to every caller who gets on the air with us. And tomorrow night, even more special, every caller who gets on the air with us gets a replica jersey featuring Mets all-star pitcher Jacob deGrom. His name and number be on the back of that. And if you watched any of the all-star game last night, you saw Jacob deGrom toe the rubber. I like the uniforms uh, and the hat in particular, obviously, is the difference with the all-star game. I actually liked those last night. And as much as I kind of, you know, dismiss the importance of the all-star game or the excitement of the all-star game, I got caught up in watching it. The kid and me came out last night watching the All-Star game. There's still something to be said about seeing the guys you watch on a regular basis take the national stage like that. And I, it did have a big game feel. I don't know if it's just the Fox broadcast, you know, Buck and Smoltz on there. I don't know what it is exactly. But, you know, seeing the All-Star players out there all together on one field, there is something that's still appealing to me about it. Never the same as a kid, but is anything the same as it was as a kid? You get to see Judge Homer off of Max Scherzer. You get to see DeGrom face Mike Trout. And unfortunately, Trout got the best of DeGrom in that situation. Severino goes out there and takes them out. It was fun. I like what they do with the, you know, miking up certain players. I think it was, overall, it wasn't bad. And I think when you compare the Major League Baseball All-Star game to any other sports All-Star game, baseball is far superior. Now, baseball may lack uh, in regular season compared to the other sports and may have major issues compared to the other sports, but the All-Star game is at least where they have a leg up on everybody else. My one complaint would be this, and maybe I'm alone on this, I'm not so sure. I don't love a game with 10 home runs in it. I think the amount of homers diminishes the importance or excitement of hitting a home run. I mean, home runs are supposed to be rare. It's supposed to be a great feat, a great accomplishment, even more so in the All-Star game against the best pitchers. And that was not the case yesterday. That was the norm last night. And it was even the norm before the latter innings where you see guys just going left and right playing home run derby again for the second straight night. To me, it takes away Aaron Judge in the second inning against Max Scherzer. That's a big All-Star game moment, right? Judge Homers has his big Yankee moment there in the All-Star game, national stage, and he does it against the National League starter, Max Scherzer, early in the ballgame. Later in the game, I mean, you got Joey Votto taking Jay Happ deep, Ross Stripling giving up the back-to-back homers to Bregman and Springer. I mean, there's home runs left and right. We're only mentioning a few here, but everybody was homering last night. Scooter Jeanette hitting a big home run to tie the game. Christian Yelich homering. I mean, it did it. Trevor Story. Everybody was homering last night. Judge against Scherzer. Trout against DeGrom. Those are big all-star game homers. 
and I feel like the you know the amount of homers kind of takes away from the appreciation you would have in an otherwise special feat, special accomplishment. The other thing is how, and again, I, you know, who really cares ultimately? How was Alex Bregman the MVP of that game? Somebody's got to explain that to me. How was Gene Segura not the MVP? Alex Bregman, what did he do? Big deal. 5-5 in the 10th. He hits the solo homer to bring them up 6-5. Springer's homer was the uh, actual difference maker. If you do the math, Votto homered in the bottom half of the 10th to make it 8-6, which negates Bregman's homer. So how do you give the MVP to Alex Bregman just because he broke the tie? What about the game that Gene Segura had? Segura hit a three-run home from the ball game, scored a run, had a couple of hits. How is he not the MVP? And that's what drives you nuts. If you do care and do get into it, and Segura, for the record, was, what, two for two, three ribbies, including that three-run homer, obviously. couple of runs scored as well. If you do get into it, and this has been going on forever, I don't think Mariano Rivera deserved the award back in 2013 when the All-Star game was at City Field. He got it because it was his final All-Star game, blah, 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 blah. I thought the Toronto receiver uh, relievers re- deserved it at the time. I remember thinking out of the game, I forget who it was, Cecil or somebody like that. Not Mariano Rivera. But in this particular case, Gene Segura is the MVP. So you have somebody in me who's a, a diehard baseball fan. I grew up loving baseball. I, li- I loved every moment of it. Loved the All-Star game. Couldn't get enough of it. And I started to get back into it last night. And then I even have the annoyance of having to have the MVP be given to the wrong guy, as far as I'm concerned. And it reminds you that eh, it's just a silly exhibition. Why do you care so much about it anyway? Not to mention that it seems the American League, I mean, since I've been paying attention, the American League dominates, and I always root for the National League, which is uh, also very annoying. 800-321-0710. We'll get into plenty of Jacob deGrom stuff and, you know, some news with the Mets today regarding Yoannis Cespedes. Cespedes played uh, in a rehab game here, minor league game, nine innings at first base. So not only do you have the fact that Cespedes actually played nine innings, which, whoa, I mean... I'm I'm stunned. I mean, Yoannis Cespedes actually played nine innings of a baseball game. I almost forgot he existed. And it's been almost two, it's been two months, two months since Yoannis Cespedes has played a baseball game, and he played nine innings of a game. So that's one great accomplishment right there. And you expect him to be on track to return Friday when play resumes in the second half in the Subway Series at Yankee Stadium. But he played at first base, and. I don't know how to feel about this, or at least I don't know how to accept this as a positive. I don't like playing guys out of position. I understand why the Mets are trying to do this, because they really don't have a choice. They don't have the luxury of a DH, which is a debate we talked about yesterday and has been going on forever. It should just be universal at this point. It's an advantage to the American League teams, especially in a spot like this. You have an aging superstar who can't stay healthy, in a crowded outfield, and you have no spot to put him. I mean, you're going to run him out there in left field. You're going to risk even further injury to that hip. So they're trying to put him at first base, maybe keep him healthy, keep him fresh a little bit over at first base. But you're you're playing him out of position. I mean, I know as fans we ask for a lot of different things. Sometimes they're unrealistic. My, my hand is raised. I've asked for some unrealistic things. I understand that. You're allowed to dream, aren't you? But is it too much to ask to get a first baseman to play first base? And I don't know, maybe get a third baseman to play third base. 
a guy who could catch at the major league level to catch a center fielder who could play center field. I mean, they have guys all over the place that just don't belong. The square peg in a round hole has become the norm for years, even in the years where they won. Wilmer Flores was the starting shortstop going into the 2015 season. Unfortunately, he finished the season as the starting shortstop after the Ruben Tejada injury in the World Series. Obviously, the Tejada injury was before that in Division Series, but Flores finished in the World Series as starting shortstop. That's hard to believe because Wilmer Flores never is, never was, never will be a Major League shortstop. They try to force him at third or force him at second. They have had guys catch for years that belong in the minor leagues. They have tried to fit in a center fielder outside of Cespedes when he first got here. They haven't had a real center fielder. Conforto's not a center fielder. Brandon Nimmo's not a center fielder. I mean, Juan Lagares is, but he can't stay healthy enough to be a regular, everyday big league player. You know, first base, same thing. I mean, Dom Smith's not a major leaguer. Adrian Gonzalez at least was a first baseman, which is why I liked that move. Wilmer Flores isn't a first baseman. It's the only spot he could potentially play outside of DH, but he's not a real first baseman. And now you want to put Cespedes at first. So you're going to have Cespedes at first. You're going to have Conforto or Nimmo in center field. Most likely Nimmo, I guess, under this scenario, because Conforto would be in left. I mean, it just, I just, is it too much to ask to get a first baseman to play first base? 800-321-0710, We'll get into DeGrom and how the Mets should use their leverage in this situation. We'll do that next. Plus, we'll take your calls. Remember, free Mets t-shirts to everybody who calls and gets on the air. 800-321-0710. It's the Sports Zone. Sal Licata filling in for Pete McCarthy on The Voice of New York, 710-WOR. Free. You're in the WOR Sports Zone. And for Pete, here's Sal Licata. 800-321-0710 is the number to call. Any caller who calls and gets on with us tonight in the Sports Zone gets a free Mets t-shirt courtesy of WOR because we know how painful it's been for you to be a Mets fan this year. So it's uh, the least we could do here to take care of you, give you some free swag, and hopefully you could enjoy that. Uh, yesterday we had Wally Backman on, in case you missed it. Go to 710WOR.com. It was a good interview. Uh, and I'm not just saying that because uh, I did it myself. It was just a good, informative interview. Backman was open and honest. And, you know, realistically, I don't expect Backman to work his way Back into the organization, I, I hope that that's the case. I do think that they should be open to it. I do think it would be a great fit eventually. Uh, maybe they could somehow come to eventually a decision where they, they join forces again. I think it would be both, obviously be best for Wally, and I do think it would benefit the Mets. Uh, I hope that that would be the case. I just don't, you know, I don't necessarily believe that that is going to be, um, you know, a realistic possibility down the road. But if it's not with the Mets, I'll be rooting for Wally to get it somewhere else. He deserves it. Check out the interview in case you missed it. 710WOR.com. Another thing that's been the theme, you know, since DeGrom has brought it up with his agent about wanting to be signed or traded. Let me just, let's just break it down. One more time to be clear about this, because I think so many people get confused and the actual purpose of what was said or the, you know, what was said gets lost. 
and people start crazy. These crazy. He's always wants to be traded. He's not happy here. He doesn't want to be here. They got to trade him or they got to sign him. And then people say, "Well, the Mets have all the leverage. They don't have to do anything." Here's the bottom line: All Jacob Degrom wants is the money that he is deserved. Okay, he understands that the team has control. What the team needs to understand is that they have the leverage in a situation where they can make the player happy, the fans happy, and be best for the organization if they do the right thing and extend him long-term. You're making him happy and giving him exactly what he wants. Check the box on number A. B, you're keeping arguably the best pitcher in Major League Baseball on your team. Check the box on what obviously the fans want. And see, it's best for your organization because you're going to get a great value. The the leverage is not with the Mets, and this is what people are saying. Well, the Mets have the leverage because they have them under control for two and a half years. They don't have to do anything. They could just let it play out. That's not the right thing to do. What you can do is use that to your advantage by giving him an extension for, let's say, I don't know, five or six years for 110, 115. Maybe the six year could be an option. You don't think that type of lump sum security, you don't think Jacob deGrom facing two years after this season without control, you don't think he would take that? He absolutely would take that. So the Mets are still getting a great value. They're going to have to pay him an arbitration anyway. So that's where they have the advantage is that they can save money and still have the guy locked up long-term, and then go build around him. The idea of trading him is still foreign to me. It doesn't add up. It doesn't make sense. You will not get equal value. He wants to be here. He's the best pitcher in baseball right now. You have him under control, meaning you can have the hammer in the negotiations. All right, Jake, you want to be here long-term? We want you to be here long-term. How about we buy out the next two years? Uh, you know, we'll, we'll obviously erase the next two years of team control and buy out your first three years of free agency. We'll give you an option or a team option for the sixth year. Done. And you could give them, you know, between twenty and twenty-five million a year. You could have that decline on the back end. However, you want to work that. That is where the advantage is that the Mets have the leverage when dealing with Jacob Degrom. Not, oh, you have him under control for two and a half years, so you shouldn't do anything. Let him play it out. What if he gets hurt? That's stupid. Because now you're not having any certainty in the direction of the organization moving forward. And you're also doing wrong by a player who's des- he deserves it and has done nothing but be a great, I don't know, great asset for the organization since he's been here. Hasn't said a peep. Hasn't craved the attention, hasn't towed out of line, hasn't been late for practice in the playoffs or missed any meetings or anything like that. He's been as good of a guy as you could want to have. A willing participant on a dreadful baseball team that blows games for him, that can't score runs for him. I mean, it's one thing after another. The bad thing would be if you had a guy like DeGrom come out and say, I don't want to be here anymore, trade me. That's not what has happened here. He just wants what he's due. And the Mets can make everybody happy. Everybody can win. Give him an extension. Do it in the offseason. 800-321-0710. Anthony, we're in agreement. You don't want to trade DeGrom. 
Oh, my God, Sal. I don't even I, – I, why, as a Met fan or a, fan, a team in New York, why do I even have this conversation? I like, don't know, like, honestly. Like, 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 it's just, like, stupid to me. It's like, think about all the best players and great players in the history of New York. You don't talk about trading them. You know what you talk about? You talk about extending them and putting good players around them. You know, like, good players? And this is the other thing I'm invented about. First off, DeGrom, it's not even a question, okay? If, if Rico comes out a couple weeks ago and says that we have a team that can win next year, then you resign him right now. Because right now, because you're saying that you you could win next year, then you need to have your be- the best, like you said, the best pitcher in Major League Baseball signed, ready to go for next year. That's number one. Number two, I'm going to talk crazy right now. And now I, I believe since Manny Machado is getting traded, there's no way the Mets are going to compete with the Dodgers to re- to get him. And I, I honestly, I thought that was a big key for this this offseason that they had to get. You can't good. give up yeah. on that. Now look, it, Anthony may not have been a realistic from the start, regardless of where where he gets traded, when he eventually gets traded to Dodgers may not be realistic anyway. But they that doesn't mean that they should give up on the idea of trying to go get him. Agree. Because here's why, Sal. Pressure has to be put on the Mets for one thing right now. They need a star. They need someone to revitalize this franchise. I thought it was Cespedes. Maybe he could still be part of it, but he's obviously not the whole thing. There's Bryce Harper. There's Manny Machado. If you are a New York team and you want your fans to shut the hell up for the next 10 years about getting the big-time guy, because they seem to do it every, like, 10 years, where they'll, they'll go in a Beltron, they'll go in on a Piazza. Well, there, there's two guys this offseason that will shut every Met fan up for 10 years. $30 million for 10 years. Do it. End it. If you have to bite the back end for two years and suck for two years, Guess what? That team will be fun to watch. You'll have 45,000 people at City Field every night. It just it makes sense financially, too. I, I agree with you, Anthony. There's, this is New York City. It is a National League franchise in, in New York. I mean, that is a big, big deal. There is no reason the expectations should be lowered to a point where, well, it's not realistic that they're going to get involved in Machado. Eh, it's not realistic that they're going to go after Bryce Harper. Oh, and it's not realistic for Hosmer and whatever, you know, other free agents have come and gone over the last several years because they haven't been players in the big boy end of the pool. And that needs to change. Clearly, it needs to change. They traded for Cespedes, they re-signed Cespedes, they extended Cespedes, and they get credit for that. But they needed to add to that. Especially now that Cespedes is not that player anymore. It certainly doesn't seem like he could stay healthy enough to be that player anymore. They've spent money. They have just spent on quantity instead of quality. And they have not spent the money wisely. And they need to change that. And if you're going to invest, and I'm never a believer of, you know, long-term, 10-year, $300 million contracts. I mean, that's the idea of that is absurd. But if you are going to invest, if you're going to pay somebody and invest in somebody, would you rather invest it in Machado or Bryce Harper or, you know, in two off seasons, Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt, assuming that they don't come to extension agreements? Or would you rather spend on Anthony Swarzak and Jay Bruce and Todd Frazier and Jason Vargas and give Reyes two million to come back? I mean, that think about the names I just said. 
Think about the amount of money that was put into those names when you could have taken that same amount and put it into Jake Arrieta and Eric Hosmer. Now, yes, your longer-term commitments will be there, but you get what you pay for. Hosmer's a terrific ball player. I mean, what is Jay Bruce and what is Todd Frazier? What is Jason Vargas? Enough already with the middle to low level signings and taking flyers on guys. It's a waste of money. It's not good just because you get them at a good value on a short-term deal. Whether it's three years at the end of a seven-year deal or three years or the first three years of a three-year deal. If they're bad years, they're bad years. I don't know about you, but I'd rather have four good years and three bad ones on the back end than just three bad ones overall. They invest. They need to invest more wisely. And I don't know what would be more wise than Manny Machado. 800-321-0710. Remember, every call that gets in gets a free Met t-shirt. Tomorrow we got the replica DeGrom jerseys to give away for callers. So we'll have some fun with that. John Harper will join us in the 7 o'clock hour. We'll be in studio. We'll talk Mets and Yanks and have some fun going around Major League Baseball as well. A lot to get to. Mets tickets to give away, too, before we say goodbye. Obviously, taking on 9 o'clock here tonight. We'll do some Knicks in the 8 o'clock hour. We'll talk Kawhi Leonard. Plenty. Darrell Rivas still on tap. Plenty to get to here. It's the Sports Zone All-Star Week Edition with Sal Licata filling in for Pete McCarthy on The Voice of New York, 710 WOR. 369. This is the WOR Sports Zone. Filling in for Pete McCarthy, here's Sal Licata. 800-321-0710, the number to call. We'll get to your calls here. John Harper of the New York Daily News will join us in studio from 7 till 8. You know, Producer Mark, remember yesterday we were talking about uh, buying a house? I think we talked about it off the air, but I never realized how difficult and infuriating the process of trying to buy a house is. I mean, it's It's, it's the worst process ever. And, and I don't like not being in control. I, look, there are plenty of things in life that you have no control over, right? I, I understand that. But in this situation, I mean, how I don't understand how it could be so difficult to buy a house. I always thought, like, okay, well, you need to obviously have the money and blah, 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 blah. And regardless of how much money somebody has, you all, you're looking to buy a house in your budget and all those different things, but you would think somebody lists something for sale. Okay, that fits in our budget. We put an offer in, and you should be able to get that house. Well, that has not been the case. And my wife and I just had an issue where we went to see a house on uh, Sunday, made an offer for the full asking price. Like, somebody lists something for sale at a price. We say, okay, we're willing to pay that price for this house that you listed at this number, then their agents get back to our agents saying, well, you know what? There have been multiple bids on this house, so we need your best and final offer ASAP. Now, I'm doing the radio show on Monday. This is Monday night. I'm doing the radio show. My wife's in control of this. And I'm assuming anybody who's married would know, or not even married, you're in a relationship, you would know the, the one of the things you don't want is your wife to be involved in a bidding contest without your permission, especially when you're talking about for a house. So I get a text, oh, honey, I took care of it. Don't worry, do your show. So she she bids whatever it is, the, you know, ups the bid without even anything else. And that's it, right? So that's our offer, okay. And then you're waiting to hear back for two or three days, 
And then they get back to us today finally, oh, sorry, uh, somebody else decided to pay cash, and that's it. It's gone. That's happened to me about 17 times. But that's the thing, and I know we're not alone here, and there were multiple people who I guess lost out on this. Enough! I mean, enough! I'm tired of losing! I'm tired of it! Not just with that, with everything else! And then people wonder why the other day I put on a Yankee jersey on SNY! I want to be a winner for once! I've had enough of losing! Whether it's a house, whether it's a well, whatever, a stupid team, enough of losing. I mean, what does it take to have something go your way for once? You, li- ha- you li- go ahead. You're gonna have to move down south. You li- I mean, you list the house for sale. We offered to pay the price that you said, even more so afterward, and you still don't get the thing. To hell with the house. I don't care about it. I mean, enough. I'm tired of dealing with the agents. Oh, write a letter. Tell them how much you want the house and how much you love it. I don't even want to do that stuff. Here's an offer. I'll give you what you listed the price for, and I'll throw in two Mets tickets and a free T-shirt. That's the final offer. How about that? I mean, it's absurd. You can't even buy a house if you do have the money to put down. It's ridiculous, Producer Mark. It's by far the worst process I've ever been through. I gave up. Uh, well, it made I think, me give up. I think that we're at that point. Well, I'm, you know what? I'll rent. I don't care. I don't care anymore. I'm not. I'm not. Here's what I decided: in the few things in life I can control, I am not putting myself in position anymore to lose. It's as simple as that. I'm tired of losing. It's this area, Sal. Though, if you move down south, I had some. I know somebody that bought a house for half the price. You'll get it on Long Island. And then yeah, it's a good point. Not to mention the prices. I mean, you try to move out to Suffolk, Suffolk County. You're thinking, all right, the commute's going to be a disaster, but at least I'll get something decent for the price. Not so much. I mean. The prices are absurd out there. You're better off renting. Evan in New Jersey. Uh, Evan, I, I don't think you're a fan of the current Mets manager. Well, Sal, first off, I understand the mentality about, like, you know, um, being able to afford something for less and stuff. Like that's like Sandy Alderson's thinking, you know? <laughs> just, uh, just by the low. Um, uh, <laughs> it, sounds like, it sounds like you're not a fan of Anthony Swarzak and Jason Vargas. Come on. I mean, what, the ERAs and the... Uh, Six plus don't impression. Yeah, maybe um, I'm maybe I'm missing something there, Ev. I'm not sure. I, they haven't won me over quite yet. Did you see their halves of 2017? I mean, come on, go back and look at Vargas's first half last year. It was great. I didn't uh, mind. I didn't mind to be honest with you, Evan. I didn't mind the Swarzak signing. I figured, okay, bullpen arms a year to year anyway. Callaway seen him up close and personal. He was in the AL Central there. Obviously, Swarzak was with the White Sox. I know Swarzak bounced all over, but most recently the White Sox. Callaway's a pitching coach. They'll get the most out of him. I thought that that was a fine signing. I hated the Vargas one from the beginning. Both guys have been equally as awful. Yeah, bear in mind, though, I think Swarzak only had, like, one good season. And we acted like uh, he was the second coming of, uh, I don't know, Kent Kovey or something like that. But let me ask you a question. Um, uh, does Mickey Calloway and the triumvirate of GMs talk? Because um, Mickey Calloway the other day said, nah, Cespedes is our left fielder. You know, no, no issue. He's not going to play first base. Um, I believe Cespedes um, uh, played first base in my league game today. And then um, a little bit before that, a uh, surprise prospect, if you will, despite his age, Jeff McNeil, um, who played a lot of third base previously, and now he's, he's been playing second base, but you know, there's, there's talk about him, like, in the Mets want him to get reps all around, and Callaway says, no, no, he's just a second baseman. Um, but the Mets have, have said they want him to get reps all around, so, like, does Callaway and, um, uh, you know, Manaya and Rico and JP and all these guys, do you not communicate? 
I think that when you look at and thanks for the call, Gina. We'll, uh, excuse me, thanks for the call, Evan. We'll put you on hold there as you can get a T-shirt. Um, I, I think that there might be a lack of communication between the all the all the parties in place here. I mean, clearly, if Callaway said that about Cespedes not being able to play first base, he was wrong because Cespedes did play first base for nine innings in a rehab game today. So somebody's got an idea of moving Cespedes to first. As far as McNeil, I don't know why he's not up here. And they, you're right. They talked about, well, he's not a third baseman yet. They're trying to make him a utility guy. And one guy says, oh, I know he can play third base. He's major league ready and all that. So, I, look, I mean, there are, there are plenty of issues and, you know, question marks to go around. Um, I would not get overly concerned about that maybe disconnect or lack of communication. Remember, the triumphant is working right now. Rico, Ricciardi, Omar. That doesn't mean that that's going to be the case come next year. The Mets, well documented, they're going to be looking to hire somebody, um, you know, maybe from the outside. One guy, not three guys to run the job. Gino is in Brooklyn. Gino, you want to talk about the DeGrom contract? You want him here, or what would you do with Jacob DeGrom? Oh, Sal, you know where I stand on DeGrom, don't you? Where's that, Gino? Well, we, we've talked about it. A, yeah, you, a want, him, you want him here. You can't, you, can't lose DeGrom. you can't trade DeGrom. No, and you know what the Mets are in the position to do, and it would be in perfect Met fashion. They could completely rook this guy if they want to. The guy has been the best bargain in the league for five years. He's made $12 million. He's finished top eight in the Cy Young twice, not to mention his rookie year where he won the rookie of the year, and he's only made $12 million. He's 30 years old. If they let him go another two years, now he's 33. If he wants to hit the open market, he's not going to get what he would have got if he would have signed now, you know what I'm saying? I do know what they you're could, saying. That's why I think Gino this guy. Well, I know I know that, but that's that move. that's the wrong thing to do though, Gino. And that's why I'm saying they can make everybody happy by extending him at a great discounted price. They could get a great value for the product that or for the production that Jacob DeGrom has given and you could lock him up for the next 5-6 years, make him happy, make the fans happy, and you keep the best pitcher in baseball on your team. I agree with you 100%. I'm, I'm saying rooking him would be a pathetic move right, on the Mets' right, part. Right, right, you got to give this guy what – give him his due. I mean, there's got to be at least 50 pitchers in the major leagues making more money than this guy that DeGrom is – that they couldn't hold DeGrom's jockstrap. Uh, I ag- probably more than that. I agree, Gino, and thank you for the call. Appreciate the passion, as always. You're right, and if you're Jacob DeGrom, that's what's infuriating about it. I mean, put yourself in his position. Make it relative to wherever it is that you work, right? Or you get your income from. If you're better than 99% or whatever it may be, 95% of the other guys out there, and you're being paid significantly less than those guys, you'd be ticked off. You'd want what you're owed as well. Now, he's not necessarily mad at the Mets, He's just in a spot of great frustration because he's far outperforming his contract. The way that baseball has their rules and contract situations are antiquated. It is backwards. It's it's obsolete. It's got to go away. 
You cannot pay guys, especially now outside the steroid area, you're paying guys for the back end of their careers. That It shouldn't work like that. They should get paid more up front. So they need to figure out a happy medium. Not get paid a ton in the minors, but when you get, really what it should be, contracts should be based on performance. You don't play, you can't stay healthy, you don't get paid. You play, you hit 220, you get paid less than the guy who hits 320. There should be performance-based contracts with maybe a bottom guarantee. That's how it should work because that's fair to everybody. Because then you could say to them, you know, the same way DeGrom could say to the Mets, hey, you know what? I'm an all-star. I'm the best pitcher in baseball this year. I should be paid $25 million a year. And then the next year when, let's say, a guy gets hurt, the Mets should say to him, well, guess what? You were hurt. You didn't pitch. You didn't play at all. I'm not paying you anything. Because it's also not fair for the team to give a guy $30 million to sit on uh, on the sideline, be on the DL the whole time. But DeGrom is deserving of a contract extension. And I think the Mets could do right not only by him. And that's not what this is about. This is not just taking care of the player. It's a combination of taking care of a player who deserves it. You're not doing it just to do it. He deserves it. And you're doing better by your franchise, your organization, and your fan base by locking him up. Ray in Stanford. Uh, Ray, you want to change, huh? Yes, I do. I'm listening to all these conversations, and I have a long memory. And you can go back to the Daniel Murphy situation where the management made a horrendous mistake uh, and ended up paying Cespedes to take the role of a different position. But they paid Cespedes more for doing less than they would have been in had they handled Murphy correctly. And you're talking about the same situation with Jacob DeGrom. They just, this, this, this management and this ownership is just not the right mix for this, for this city and for this franchise. And to listen to you, you, you start with ownership and you work your way down. How is it possible that there are 30 some odd teams in the major leagues and we get almost no, no rookies that can play? Well, wait, what does that have to do with ownership, right? No, well, I, well, I think you've you got to evaluate. You have to evaluate your scouts. Well, right, but they're doing that. They're doing that, right? They're going to hire a new general manager. And thank you for the call. Pull you on hold for your free Mets t-shirt. They're doing that. They're going to hire a new general manager. You don't think the Mets themselves' ownership is frustrated with what's gone on? Of course they are. Now, you just don't hear from them a lot, so maybe you assume or you think that they're not. Of course they're frustrated. Team's been dreadful. 16 games under 500. Been a horrible disappointment this year. They're going to hire somebody and hope that it improves. 800-321-0710. More of your calls. we got Mets tickets to give away. Remember, free T-shirt. Free Mets T-shirt for every caller that calls and gets in. John Harper of the New York Daily News will be in studio with us from 7 till 8. We'll do plenty of Mets to Grom, Yankees as well. He's got a lot of info on the Yanks and uh, you know Machado or whoever they're going to get. So plenty of baseball coming up in the next hour. We'll get to Darrell Rivas as well. Kawhi Leonard, what it means for the Knicks. I also want to talk to Mike Vorkanoff who covers the Knicks for the Athletic and get his take on Kevin Knox. He saw him in the Vegas Summer League, so there's plenty to get to. It's the Sports Zone All-Star Week Edition, the fifth annual All-Star Week Edition of the Sports Zone with Sal Akata, filling in for Pete McCarthy on the Voice of New York, 710 WOR.